Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. This is Lee Habib with Our American Stories. And we tell stories about everything here on this show, including your story. Send them to OurAmericanStories.com. That's OurAmericanStories.com. Our next story is a story from a listener from Australia, of all places, and how he came to fall in love with a food that is uniquely American, the buffalo wing. My name's Colin Bettles. I'm 50 years old, and currently I live in Sydney, Australia, which is on the other side of the country, about 4,000 kilometres or 2,500 miles away from where I grew up in Perth. 
At age 20, in 1990, I set off from Perth for a working holiday in the United Kingdom. I found my way uh, to be working in a bar in the London suburb of Kensington, um, where I worked in between playing cricket for the uh, London Theatres Cricket Club, uh, among others. And in that bar, we mingled with students from all over the world. And, you know, we gained a different tuition on, on uh, each other's worlds over a few beverages at the bar, of course. And um, during this time, I made some very good friends. So um, I didn't have any great conviction about where I was going to travel to while I was on my working holiday. And so I decided to go to the US and visit some of these friends that I'd made while working in the bar and my first stop was to stay with a guy named James who I'd met who was attending a place called Colgate University in a small college town called Hamilton in upstate New York. James lived across the road from a place called the Old Pizza Pub. Now, my very first uh, night that I stayed, um, they treated me to buffalo wings from there and I'd never had them before in my life. Uh, in fact, I'd never even heard of them before and they didn't have to do much to convince me to, to try them. And as they say, it was uh, love at first bite. I was hooked on this new taste sensation straight away. What I remember most about that first time experience was the tenderness of the chicken uh, that fell off the bone. It uh, didn't require or virtually required no chewing of the chicken meat. And then of course the um, tangy hot flavor sensation that uh, exploded in my mouth and the blue cheese dip I always remember just how smooth and creamy that was and how it complemented the hotness of the wings and enhanced the flavour and basically that's where my uh, love affair with buffalo wings started and it continues to this day. My most memorable experience with a wing well, as they say, there's nothing like the first time. So I, I think that first night um, with James and his college buddies eating wings for the first time at the farmhouse remains uh, my greatest and most lasting memory. But uh, I also have another strong memory um, that always brings a smile to my face. And that's actually an evening spent out with some of those Colgate Uni friends, James and Jeff, Charles and Fran, in New York City in 1992 for my 22nd birthday. And we stumbled upon a place by accident. I can't recall its name. In fact, there's quite a bit about the evening I can't recall. But this was a typical New York City dive bar. And while it was a dive bar, the upside was that they served these wings. And these wings were ranked on a scale according to their degree of hotness. Let's call it the chili factor and the serving at the top of this heat list was called the Chernobyl wing. And it was a huge sized wing and they only allowed them to be served one at a time. Now this uh, serving restriction, I may guess, was a requirement that was applied to the bar by the local fire department or a nearby health facility. Now common sense would tell you to avoid this sort of danger but as they say making mistakes is all just part of growing up and down they went. It seemed like a fun idea at the time to dare each other to eat these ferociously hot wings that had more punch than the closing scenes of a Rocky movie and to wash them down with one or two polite beverages but uh, we definitely had a few regrets the next morning and they lingered long into the next afternoon. Have I ever met a wing I don't like? Well, the answer is yes. <laughs> One of my pet hates is when the wings are served whole and they haven't been cut up into flats and drum pieces and the tips haven't been cut off and thrown away. And um, this 
tells me that there's a lazy and unsophisticated method behind these wings, that they've probably been pre-cooked and frozen, which means that the flavour is substandard and pretty bland, really. This is generally backed up by serving ranch sauce with the wings rather than authentic blue cheese dip or Lord forbid mayonnaise uh, or aioli sauce. Wings that are heavily baked in breadcrumbs are also just poor substitutes for the real thing. And uh, call me a wing snob if you like, um, but if they're not authentic and if they're not genuine and if they're not the real deal and made with a bit of love and a bit of time and care, then you're better off doing your taste buds a favor and going without. Is there an American food? And do I think that food is the buffalo wing? Well, the answer is quite simply yes. Some people might look at the hot dog and the deep pan pizza in Chicago, but at the end of the day, they're just hybrids and they don't compare to the buffalo wing, which was born and raised in the USA. Um, the backstory to how the wing was invented on that famous Friday night at the Anchor Bar in 1964 proves that this great dish is purely American as it originated at the Anchor Bar. It didn't originate in Germany or Italy or even Australia. It was in upstate New York at the Anchor Bar and it goes a bit like this. That, uh, Dominic Bellissimo was tending bar late that evening and a group of his friends arrived with a big appetite and uh, he asked his mother Teresa to prepare something for his friends to eat. Now she had some chicken wings which were normally preserved for soup uh, in the kitchen of the Anchor Bar and she deep fried them and flavoured them with a secret sauce and of course they became an instant hit and uh, regular on the menu uh, not just at the Anchor Bar but all over the US and throughout the world and uh, even in Australia now they're very popular and becoming more and more popular and you've been listening to Colin Bettles and he's from Australia he listens to our show in Australia too and by the way America imports so many fine things around the world our ingenuity in every endeavor including of course food when we come back more with Colin Bettles here on Our American Stories Folks, if you love the stories we tell about this great country, and especially the stories of America's rich past, know that all of our stories about American history, from war to politics to innovation, culture, and faith, are brought to us by the great folks at Hillsdale College, a place where students study all the things that are beautiful in life and all the things that are good in life. And if you can't get to Hillsdale, Hillsdale will come to you with their free and terrific online courses. Go to hillsdale.edu to learn more. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors in our lives, big ones and small ones. If we keep them bottled up, boy, that can be a real problem. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest, to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. I know people who've profoundly benefited from therapy, learning everything from coping skills to setting boundaries in their life. You don't have to have experienced major trauma to benefit from therapy. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's safe. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash OAS today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash OAS. BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash OAS. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. And we return to Our American Stories and to an Australian listener of this show, Colin Bettles. The story of the Buffalo Wing and, of course, this Australian's obsession with it. 
In the early 90s, Colin headed back to London from his trip to America and started work back at the Builder's Arms Bar in Kensington. Let's pick up the story from there. Now, after my first trip to the US, I returned to live in London and I still had a strong craving for buffalo wings, but there was no wing scene in London in the early 1990s. And so it was a bit like looking for a needle in a haystack and I had to go without, which of course wasn't easy. And I hadn't thought of the idea at that stage of cooking them myself. Anyway, after a period of time, a couple of my fellow bartenders and workmates at the Builders Arms, Tim, who is from New Zealand, and Declan and Patrick, believe it or not, who are from Ireland, um, they'd learned about a US-style bar and restaurant called TGI Fridays opening in Covent Garden, and they duly informed me that uh, TGI's served wings. This was a major breakthrough in my life at that age, <laughs> and uh, this uh, new TGI Fridays became a regular haunt for me, and I'd often drag Tim and Declan and Patrick along there and anyone else who wanted to join me in a wing fest. They weren't the best wings I've ever had at TGI's, but they were certainly good and they certainly satisfied my appetite, and I'd often dine by myself at TGI's just to, to get a plate of wings. Now, about the age of 24, not that long after returning from uh, living overseas in London, I decided to go into business for myself and I bought a fish and chip shop. Now, this youthful stab at capitalism was underscored by, of course, placing buffalo wings on the menu at North Beach Seafoods and this kept my wing dream slightly alive, shall we say. But in a modest way, it was just great to be serving wings at my own business, even if it was a fish and chip shop. Now, one of the things that happened at that time was um, my marketing for the Buffalo Wings included a having a dedicated advertising board that my mate Benny Morgan uh, did for me, and he was a sign writer. And uh, on that advertising board, he drew a picture of a buffalo with the price, which I'd say was probably about $5 for a serve of 12 wings with blue cheese dip. Um, customers would often come into the shop and look at the sign and go, oh, I didn't know buffaloes had wings. Anyway, then obviously I would just be able to give them an education on buffalo wings and they would um, put their hand in their pocket and buy some, hopefully. These um, chicken wings, though, they weren't cooked in corn or peanut oil. Uh, let's just say um, there was a slight oceanic texture to the final flavour and the chicken meat also had to be frozen because there wasn't a large number of orders on a daily basis. So I had to defrost the chicken first and this meant that it uh, took a lot longer to cook the orders, about 40 minutes. So we lost sales, but uh, this didn't put everyone off buying them and we had some good loyal customers who got into the habit of phoning their orders ahead, which is what you do with a fish and chip shop anyway. And so trying to train them up to buy buffalo wings and getting used to the slight delay, and while there was, I was never going to retire on buffalo wings alone from the fish and chip shop, uh, it was certainly a great experience. And I can always say that uh, I, you know, I came home and I tried to follow through on my buffalo wing dream and I, I did sell them to Australians for a while. Anyway, I sold the shop after a couple of years and I went to university uh, where I studied theatre and drama and English and comparative literature and creative writing. Eventually I got into a career in rural and political journalism which included working in the Canberra Press Gallery for several years 
Now, the reason why it's probably important to uh, talk about how I went from owning a, a fish and chip shop to going to university and then becoming a journalist is because uh, my journalism career has opened up the door to some amazing opportunities and um, of course part of that is storytelling and in more recent years it has enabled me to be able to return to the US on a journalist visa and write stories about rural issues and farming issues and political issues and on one of these trips I was able to visit the Anchor Bar in Buffalo, New York where Buffalo Wings originated. Now, I was aware of that fact because it was mentioned in the introduction to that original wing wing recipe from that recipe book that I'd used in 1993. Now, the intro to that recipe says, this American classic originated at the Anchor Bar in Buffalo, New York, where it is still a favourite with locals and tourists alike. Now, little did I know that one day I'd end up being one of those same tourists some 17 years later visiting that famous bar at 1047 Main Street in Buffalo. Anyway, when I arrived at the Anchor Bar, uh, of course, I sat at the bar and was soaking up the atmosphere and uh, taking my time eating a great plate of incredible original buffalo wings. I eventually worked up the courage to ask the Anchor Bar's executive chef, Ivano Toscani, if he would agree to do a story for me uh, and that I'd travel all the way from Australia to capture the story of where and how buffalo wings originated. Anyway, Ivano generously agreed and he took me out the back into the Anchor Bar's kitchen which is obviously the engine room of the business and it's where all the magic happens. And I asked him some questions and he gave me some great answers, which obviously had been well rehearsed over the years, I would say. And uh, that allowed me to write a great story about the history and origins of this American classic and to be able to share that with readers down under. Now, just a quick summary of the story that I wrote and what Ivano told me. And he said that the uh, original recipe and cooking method used by Teresa Bellissimo on the night she invented buffalo wings in 1964 is still being practised at the Anchor Bar. Ivano said that while uh, Teresa didn't expect her wings to become an, an American legend, they now rank alongside the hot dog, James Dean and Elvis for American icon status. And if you go to a fancy restaurant or if you sit at a bar, and have a bar menu, you will most likely find buffalo wings. Ivano also said that the Anchor Bar served 2,000 pounds, which is 907 kilograms, of chicken wings every single day, and their famous hot sauce is also exported to Italy, Japan, France, and Germany. And they also ship fresh buffalo wings to just about anywhere in the country. But just like London, there was no way of buying them anywhere in Perth. So the only way to solve that problem was to start making them myself. So I started cooking my own wings at home and like most great inventions, the evolution of my uh, recipe was born out of necessity and it certainly involved a great deal of trial and error. Let's say the focus was on the errors at that time, but uh, I started off by purchasing a recipe book that had the recipes for 365 different snacks and appetizers, and I've still got the book today. Among the recipes was one for buffalo chicken wings and another one for blue cheese dip. So this was, at the time, it was a bit like discovering a map to hidden treasure or a golden ticket to Willy Wonka's chocolate factory. Originally, I followed this recipe very closely and cooked the chicken wings using hot corn oil or peanut oil boiling in a pot. 
uh, heated on an electric stove and an old electric stove at that. Now, needless to say, this uh, somewhat primitive cooking method proved somewhat problematic and there were some consequences that came with it, such as um, setting fire to the kitchen and the curtains uh, on more than one occasion, definitely overcooking the wings on more than one occasion, uh, resulting in complaints from neighbours due to smoke inhalation and other catastrophes, uh, including splattering chilli sauce and melted butter on the walls. But I was determined to get the recipe right. However, I learnt from my mistakes and maintain a steadfast focus on continuous improvement. And despite the misfired attempts and um, the burnt curtains, uh, I eventually found a groove and settled into a consistent way of making a decent batch of buffalo wings. I'm still cooking buffalo wings and um, and while I enjoy cooking wings for family and friends, there's um, certainly more time between uh, wing hits now than they used to be in my 20s. And in fact, now I'm probably just as happy having the carrots and the celery alone. And great job on that piece by Monty. And a beautiful piece of storytelling by Colin Bettles. And he discovered this, well, this common food group here in the United States when he was a kid, when he was a college kid. And the next thing you know, this becomes his life's obsession. The story of the chicken wing and an Aussie listener of Our American Stories, Colin Bettles here on Our American Stories. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. 
You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. There's a lot happening these days. But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters, without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the 7 most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about 7 minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. This is Our American Stories, and we love to tell stories about our nation's history. And as always, all of our stories about history are brought to us by the great folks at Hillsdale College, where you can go to learn all the things that matter in life, all the things that are beautiful in life. And if you can't get to Hillsdale, Hillsdale will come to you with their free and terrific online courses. Go to hillsdale.edu. And as you know, we like to bring you events that shaped our country, and some for the better, and some for the worst. And through it all, there have been people fighting, fighting for the promises made in our Constitution. Sometimes the battles we fought have been lost. Today, Robbie brings us the story of the Plessy v. Ferguson case and a Supreme Court decision that solidified segregation for over 50 years. It's told by a descendant of Homer Plessy himself, Keith Plessy. Here's the story. Separate but equal. It's a phrase that haunted African Americans for years. The right to separate individuals, restaurants, businesses, train cars, buses, based on the color of one's skin. Separate but equal was not a policy left over from the Civil War. It wasn't until more than 30 years after the Civil War that segregation became the law of the land. But not all states fell in at the same time. And in New Orleans, Louisiana, there was a man named Homer Plessy who would, with the help of the country, fight for the equality that black citizens had tasted for a brief moment. My name is Keith Plessy. I am a fourth-generation descendant of Homer Plessy, plaintiff in the Plessy v. Ferguson case of 1896. Homer Plessy was born in 1863, March 17th, the same year that Abraham Lincoln issued the Emancipation Proclamation. He grew up in a turbulent time. Civil War was when he was an infant. Post-Civil War was his younger life where he experienced uh, reconstruction in Louisiana, being protected by the Union soldiers, 
they were able to attend the same schools as white citizens. There were three additions to the U.S. Constitution amendments, the, the 13th, the 14th, and the 15th amendments. Those amendments came during Reconstruction. 13th Amendment abolished slavery. 14th Amendment equal protection of the laws. And the 15th Amendment was the right to vote. So those three things occurred during Reconstruction and Homer Plessy was a young man experiencing those changes. So it was developing him to not only enjoy the freedoms that came through Reconstruction, but to defend those rights when they were being taken away. And during his childhood, many protesters and uh, activists of his time set the pace for him when he became a young man. Homer Plessy's father died at a young age, uh, and Homer Plessy was about six years old when his father passed away. His mother remarried into a family uh, called the Duparts. Victor Dupart was part of the unification movement, and Victor Dupart's father-in-law was part of the unification movement. That movement combined white and black workers uh, who protested for equal pay, and they got it during Reconstruction. However, when Homer Plessy became a young man, those rights were slowly deteriorating. And Homer Plessy uh, attended these meetings with his stepfather, Victor Dupont. And he was familiar with the Citizens Committee, but he was not a member of the Citizens Committee. Uh, that was a group of 18 lawyers, businessmen, prominent citizens, uh, mixed race uh, organization. There were some white citizens, some African-American citizens. Uh, long in the battle for freedom. I think their history goes back abolition, long before the Civil War, uh, American Revolution, who also participated in the Battle of New Orleans. That Citizens Committee had a deep background in fighting for freedom. A lot of those uh, ancestors of the Citizens Committee who fought in the Plessy v. Ferguson case at the turn of the century were very much involved in the development of America. Homer Plessy himself had a relative that was decorated in the American Revolution. His great-grandfather was a gentleman by the name of Matthew DeVoe. Matthew DeVoe was decorated four times in battle in the American Revolution, which not being recognized as the American Revolution because Louisiana was still the Louisiana Territory during the uh, American Revolution. So his history goes back. The, the right to fight for his freedom was born with the country. And it, it was in his DNA to battle for his rights. When 1890 rolled around and Louisiana decided to jump into this segregation chain of laws that were spreading across the South. Uh, Florida had adopted its segregation laws on trains. Uh, Alabama had, was before uh, Louisiana. And when Louisiana adopted its uh, separate call law, it was 1890. And by 1891, a challenge was being presented to them 
uh, to change that law by the Citizens Committee here in New Orleans. The Withdrawal Car Act, or Separate Car Act, was a law passed in Louisiana that required railroad companies to provide equal but separate train car accommodations for blacks and whites. But Homer's case was not the first to challenge separate car laws. Another man who was white passing, Daniel Daydune, boarded a first-class car traveling from New Orleans to Montgomery, Alabama. When Homer Plessy was selected, the state law was being challenged. The interstate law allowed trains outside the state of Louisiana, so it didn't apply. Separate car law didn't apply to those trains. But the trains that traveled within the state of Louisiana, the ones who were restricted by race in each car. Well, if you, if you look at the Louisiana law as it was written, uh, you had a first-class car that was designated for white citizens and a second-class car that was designated for anyone of color. In the system of the East Louisiana Railroad, they would have preferred to sell all first-class tickets as opposed to a separate car that had to be set up. Say, for instance, the white car was not full. One black citizen comes up to ride the train. You have to prepare another car for this guy, and you have a schedule to meet when your train is taken off. It's going to one, from one area to another. To delay that process by changing the car, having to add a car to the train, took off a lot of time from the schedule, which resulted in poor service. So, you know, those who, who wanted to exercise segregation on those trains had to suffer being late for their appointments. So it didn't make sense. And you're listening to Keith Plessy. And what a story this is. And anyone who's ever read the case, and you can actually just type in Plessy v. Ferguson and read the opinion, because it's astonishing. And when we come back, we're going to continue with Keith Plessy's voice, and again, a direct relative, a descendant of Homer Plessy. And my goodness, it's a name you've heard, but it's real life person. And that's why we love telling you these stories. These were real life people. And without them doing what they did, things wouldn't have changed. And it took a lot of courage to do what he did. When we come back, more of the story of Plessy v. Ferguson as told by Keith Plessy, here on Our American Stories. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER.
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking. When we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. And we're back with Our American Stories and the story of the U.S. Supreme Court case, probably the most infamous, the 1896 Plessy v. Ferguson case. When we last left off, Homer Plessy was working with an organization to actually get caught so they could start the legal battle that would land him at the Supreme Court. When one looked at Plessy, they couldn't tell if he was white or black, and this is part of how they hoped to challenge the separation of individuals into white cars and black cars. Here's Homer's descendant again, Keith Plessy, continuing with this story. Now, that law also created another problem, which was, how do you tell that a person's black or a person's white. In New Orleans, you had so many citizens who, who appeared to be white, but they were actually black. And it was hard for the conductors to determine the race of someone. Until today, it's still a problem because, you know, I, I have a personal take on that, which I say that one of the most ridiculous rules that were developed back then was called the one drop rule that if you had one drop of African blood in your, your line, your genealogy line, 
that you were considered black. And in Homer Plessy's case, one of the most ridiculous things that they were saying was that he was one eighth black because of his great grandmother, Agnes, who was a slave. So he was considered an octoroon. Uh, you know, I mean, that's, that's kind of ridiculous to try to have a meter to measure someone's race. You know, it, it just, it went into so many ridiculous that, you know, rather than being recognized as a human being, as a person, you had to talk about somebody's color, their skin, and, you know, uh, just, just didn't make any sense to me. The Citizens Committee had already cut a deal with the East Louisiana Railroad to uh, work on this plan to change the law. So when uh, Homer Plessy approached that train station, he was already expected to arrive. He purchased his ticket without conflict. He entered the train, the train car, which was designated for whites only. And he sat down. Well, the conductor and the arresting officer were also hired by the Citizens Committee and the East Louisiana Railroad to arrest Homer Plessy, take him off that train so that they can challenge the law. He was bailed out because there was, the bail was set so he could be released. The initial criminal case was overseen by Judge John Howard Ferguson, and he ruled that Louisiana was able to regulate their intrastate travel in whatever manner they deemed fit. After the verdict was passed, the Citizens Committee stepped in and appealed the case up to the state Supreme Court. That result of the case uh, was appealed to the U.S. Supreme Court and it was challenged in U.S. Supreme Court by Homer Plessy and the Citizens Committee. And that, that's when it became Plessy versus Ferguson. And it became a national case. What the Citizens Committee did to raise money to represent Homer Plessy I think the phrase, if I can get it correct, was the uh, liberality of the rich and the might of the poor combined. So you had a list around the United States of people who sent a dollar, who sent $10. Some people sent 50 cents. But everybody combined created the fund to represent Homer Plessy in U.S. Supreme Court. And it was a national representation it was fought for about four years. However, it was unsuccessful, as history would write it. The decision was separate but equal, became the law of the land. But in that instance, a new era of civil rights pioneers were developing uh, around the scene of that case, a fight that continued to actually change the law. After uh, separate but equal was adopted as the law of the land, uh, many other areas that were not segregated became segregated. So it brought about a backward step to America that I think it was a crippling situation, probably one of the worst, if not the worst decisions at a point in American history where we could have actually turned the tables on the inequalities that the country was producing at the same time with this narrative of uh, equal <laughs> justice for all, uh, it, it was not being practiced at that time. And it was given teeth. Jim Crow gave segregation teeth 
to bite into American society in every facet possible. I mean, you had drinking fountains, uh, parks, didn't allow you to come into certain areas. Even when I was a kid, uh, there was a park that exercised weekends uh, for white kids, and black kids had to squeeze in a little time in the park during the week uh, after school. And the weekends when everybody was out of school, uh, we couldn't go in that park. I was born in 1957. So that's a long time after 1896. Um, and, you know, it was still affecting my life as a kid uh, growing up in New Orleans. Eventually, Brown versus Board of Education uh, changed Homer Plessy's case, uh, the Plessy decision, changed the landscape of civil rights law at that point. But transportation still was not changed until maybe the 60s uh, when you had uh, the Civil Rights Act signed. Uh, there were still buses being attacked. So the transportation issue was not solved. It was education in Brown v. Board. I remember as a, as a child in elementary school being told that I was related to Homer Plessy. One of my teachers, uh, who I can remember, Miss Waters, she brought the phone book into the room. And while we were talking about Plessy versus Ferguson, she looked at my name, stood me up in front of the class and told the kids, Keith's last name is spelled just like Homer Plessy's. But it wasn't until much later that Keith realized how closely related he was to Homer. 1996, when I met author Keith Weldon Medley. And this gentleman was doing research on Homer Plessy, who he had done extensive research, and his book was being developed. It's called We As Freemen, Plessy versus Ferguson, The Fight Against Segregation. And his book uh, entailed the genealogy of Homer Plessy's family. And that's when I really found out my connection to Homer Plessy through my great-grandfather. And also, at the same time, he was doing research on Judge John Howard Ferguson. And not long after, Phoebe Ferguson, Judge Ferguson's great-great-granddaughter, and Keith Plessy, whose great-grandfather was Homer Plessy's cousin, would meet. He invited us to his book signing, which we had never seen or known of each other before then. And at his book signing, we met for the first time. And when I first met Miss Ferguson, she shook her hand and she began to apologize for slavery, segregation, and anything that ever went wrong <laughs> during racial relations. And I kind of interrupted her and said, hey, it, it, it's not our fault that those things happen. Uh, we can do something different. It's no longer Plessy versus Ferguson. It's Plessy and Ferguson. So we became friends at that instant and we've been friends ever since. And it took us from 2004 to 2009, when we actually um, developed the foundation. We signed our letters of incorporation at a restaurant called Cafe Reconcile. When we signed our papers there, we didn't realize that on July 9th, 
we were signing those papers, the 14th Amendment, it was adopted to the U.S. Constitution on July the 9th, 1868. And great job as always to Robbie and the Plessy and Ferguson Foundation is doing a lot to educate folks. Together, Keith Plessy and Phoebe Ferguson are spreading their message that their mutual history can be a tool to create unity and understanding. I wanted to read you the lone dissenting opinion. Everyone knows that the statute in question had its origin in the purpose not so much to exclude white people from railroad cars occupied by blacks, but as to exclude colored people from coaches occupied by or assigned to white people. Our Constitution is colorblind and neither knows nor tolerates classes among citizens. In respect of civil rights, all citizens are equal before the law. The humblest is the peer of the most powerful. The law regards man as man and takes no account of his surroundings or of his color when his civil rights, as guaranteed by the supreme law of the land, are involved. And that is Justice Harlan dissenting in Plessy v. Ferguson in 1896. Plessy v. Ferguson is told by Keith Plessy, the story here on Our American Stories. Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap. That passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, It's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. 
Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.